Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh by service every day we're being changed being changed into his image changed into we don't see it all the time but he's preparing us and so that's we're taking another step tonight welcome to the service tonight good to be here in the house of the Lord let's just uh, change the order we'll go directly to you're dismissed we're going to go directly to the word tonight if you will turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9 and then we'll also go after that to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Um, nice to see some visitors in our midst, Brother John and Sister Hannah. God bless you. <laughs> Brother John's had a busy month, and we're hearing good reports, and we're glad that God has been with him. Uh, even tonight, as Brother John is back in service. Brother Andrew is flying out tonight to Newfoundland. He'll be ministering for the church and Brother Jonathan Curlett there. And um, at the same time also, Brother Tito is away this week with Brother Dwayne Fair there in Guatemala. So we want to remember our brothers as they're away and good to be connected to the body. <clears throat> and then this weekend, Brother Jack Wallach, both services on Sunday. I believe we'll be blessed. You come praying and expecting. Let's read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. <clears throat> For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That, that, that is still uh, a mind-boggling <laughs> uh, 
part of the word. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. We'll just take this one verse. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtst to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Amen. I want to bring these thoughts together. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gathering tonight. Lord, we don't see it, but in another realm around us, Lord, we know there's a great battle that's being waged. <clears throat> and Father, we, we find ourselves in the crosshairs of it sometimes. Lord, we don't always understand why we come and why we may feel down in the morning, why we may not feel like praying, why different things. And, but Lord, we know that there's an enemy doing all he can with all the forces that have been gathered up even the loosing of 200,000, thousand demons, Lord, that are been loosed and coming at us every which way. But Lord, at the same time that these things are happening, we know that when the powers of hell come, all the powers of heaven come to match it. And Lord, we believe that you're coming and you're empowering us, that you're quickening us. You're giving us more revelation. You're giving us more understanding. You're exposing the enemy, Lord, and all his tactics. And I pray, O oh Father, that you would empower us further tonight. Lord, that we may be better soldiers in the army. Lord, I pray your blessing, Lord, upon these words as we take just these times. Lord, here's my vessel. Here are our vessels. Lord, speak and hear through us. May you receive the glory. May the kingdom of God be, be, a, be in, a, in a better state, Lord, in our lives as we leave here tonight. Bless each and every one. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may have your seats. Also, just a little note, if you're coming and going in from the church, remember it's kind of in between time. It's melt, it's thaw, it's freeze. The, the pavement is icy. We're doing our best to kind of uh, watch over it. But if you can, use the sidewalk like as much as possible. They are clear. And just, just to watch and we'll just work together on that. Turn with me also to Ephesians chapter 1. I want to speak tonight taking these two scriptures and now these others, but I want to speak empowered by His government. And it's a government that God has set up and we are being empowered by it. Let's go to Ephesians 1. <clears throat> How many are here tonight? <laughs> Just make yourself known. That helps me, helps others, helps the service. I might be tired. I, I, I feel a bit weary, but you know what? We're here. Let's, let's make the best of it. You ever see a tired person go to a hockey game and fall asleep? Never it happens. Let's not let it happen here. Some of you are smiling. Ah, that'll get more out of most of you than maybe the rest of the service. But <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to look too closely at all of you. But Ephesians chapter 1, let's just read here 
um, the latter part. We often read the first part, but I, I want to take the latter part as Paul makes application, and he's starting in verse 15. He says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now he's, he's, he's wanting to impart something to him. He says, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We can never underestimate the importance of revelation. Now, I, I just want to share, you know, as, as we've been having some of our prayer meetings, and I watch how the Spirit leads our meetings, and, and, and this cry came out of our meetings that God give us more revelation. And revelation, sometimes we've taken it to be something that's out there and it's knowledge, but it isn't that. Revelation is more of a reality of the Scripture than just a superficial reading. Make it real, Lord. Give it to us, for we need it, that we may know the hour we stand in and the surety of the Word. This Bible has not been changed in its written form from the time the King James was written in the 1500s. It hasn't changed. But what's changed is the revelation of it. That's brought the church higher. And that's what we need to see in all of this. So he says, Paul says, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is his exceeding greatness of his power to who? To usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, just if we could spend time on each of these verses. But first he wrought it in Christ, which he raised him from the dead, and he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality. So Jesus came on earth he lived his life. He became the sacrifice. He gave himself for the church. He saw the church through seven ages, and he went up on high from a son of man to a son of God ministry, and he sat down expecting until his enemies become his footstool. So he is as active as he was on earth. He is active today as a governor over and working through his government. Now let's just see. He says, set him at right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. And he has gave him to be the head over all things, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, if you take this thought of a governor, a, a ruler, a king, and it's revealed to a people, but now as we break it down to his government, and the government, if you want to take a meaning, don't look to the provincial government, don't look to the national government, just, just take the meaning, but there's different types of government. 
It's the exercise of, all of, of authority over the actions and fares of a particular people or unit to the performance of certain parts of the body. A government is the rule, the regime, the jurisdiction, the sovereignty, the authority. Now, there's different types of governments. There is a dictatorship. That's a single, absolute rulership over a people. There is the authoritarian, which is a small group of people in number, as a council, as a group, as a body that rules over a people. There is democracy, which is an elected group of governors by its citizens. And that doesn't always work well, as we find out in both Canada and America and most democracies around the world. We can think we do it, but you can form power with 32% of the vote because that's what we got here. And, and that's not a real democracy. And then there is a monarchy, which is a hereditary leader, a king, a single person over a people, but with a history and with something behind him. And all of these are, are differing forms of governments. There's goods and bads with all of them. But there's one government that I haven't mentioned, and that is a theocracy. A theocracy is the form of government where God or deity is in charge of everything. And that's the one I want to be subject to. It is the supreme being that rules, <coughs> that rules through human figures in direct contact. The king in direct contact with his subjects. Also a king. Also to those who are a direct descendant of the king. Hey, sons and daughters. We're, we're sons and daughters. He's speaking to us. So that's his government. And, and he wants to empower us by that. We're the sons and daughters. Let me read a couple of things Brother Branham says about leadership. He will say, first of all, um, many times man unites under the leadership of man, but God wants man to unite under the leadership of himself. He wants us to be one. He wants to be one with us. But man wants his fellow man to be a leader and unite under the wisdom of his fellow man. So we, we often will, it's just uh, something that came with the fall. We're prone to it. We're, we're always willing to place an image or a man or we want to be the man or we want to be the one who's, in, whatever it is, but that's not the way God rules. And, and, and we, we come to church not to see just a man in authority. We're looking to see God in charge. I, I, I don't come to church, I, I don't come just to be the main guy. I come because even when I come to church, I look to be blessed in the pre-service. I look to be blessed in the singing. I look to be blessed in the reading of the Word. I look for something somewhere. And sometimes it's in the service. And, and sometimes it's someone you see. But it's God that is working through the body. His all in all. And that's what I'm desiring. So Brother Branham would say, and he goes and says, God has to come in to be the ruler. He wants us united under His head. And God wants to unite us under the leadership of our heart. 
not our head, our heart. And the first time the church lets their leaders take over to lead the holy people, the Holy Spirit goes right away from them. And the first time that you go to being led by man instead of God, the Holy Spirit will get away from you too. Let the Holy Spirit lead. That's the leadership we need. Now he, want, he says this, and now I want to say I believe in leadership. It's not the leadership of men that I believe in. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost coming through the Word. Oh, it's wonderful when you come to a meeting and it's not even your favorite preacher. And I actually think it's wrong to have a favorite preacher. I think your favorite one should be the Holy Ghost. Now, God will use different men to be blessings in your life, but be careful that you don't get your eyes on that man. Be careful that you don't think too highly of that man. They're, they're, they, the best example I know is Uzziah looking, or Isaiah rather, looking on Uzziah the king. And the king got puffed up and lifted up. Let's always, let's always honor God above everything. I, I'm even careful in my words. And, and, and I don't just come and say, buddy, you're my favorite. I no, I say, the Lord really used you to speak to me tonight. I give the glory to God. I, I always do because I want to keep that focus. There's a balance there. So he says, now I believe that the leadership of the Holy Ghost coming through the Word, but I believe also God has set men in the church, men that are gifted by the Spirit, and they will keep the church in order. I believe that. I believe the church is ruled over by men that God sends to take charge. But the rule is not by their personality. This is me adding this in. This, that rule is not by being demonstrative. That rule is not by being persuasive. That rule is not by being emotional and drawing. No, he says, that rule is by the word. And that it is not really men ruling, but the Spirit of God for the Word and the Spirit are one. I love that. Matthew 16. We'll move along quickly, establish some principles, and then take a channel for the closing of the service. Matthew 16, very familiar. When Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter finally answers and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. And he says, But I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, what? The rock of Revelation. I will build my church. I, 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 I could spend time on that, but there, the, the revelation will lead you to a place that you're feeding on the Word. It will lead you to your place in the body. It will lead you to where you are a benefit to the rest of the body, and the rest of the body benefits you. Where that every joint supplies... Revelation will lead you to that. It will give you a knowledge of your position that you are in the body. 
And it will help you to respect the others that are in the body. So he says this, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, it's interesting that's there because right away he's saying, why is he saying it? Because the gates of hell will be against it. Every demon spirit that came against Jesus Christ is coming against the church. If Christ lives in you, it's going to come against you. But God has empowered us by something whereby we are greater than all that's there. Not us, but the Christ in us. So now he, he calls this the church. And the church here in the Greek is given the name of the ecclesia. In other words, it's the called out. It's a particular uh, body of faithful people. It is an assembling. It is a gathering unto him. In the Old Testament, the same word is the congregation. So the ecclesia is a people that God has selected. And he's going to empower that people. And that is going to become the church. That is going to be where he works through his many-membered body. This is going to become the pillar and the ground of truth in the earth today. In the absence of the sun, the moon will shine. In the absence of him, he will work in his body. Do you believe that? Do you believe that there's a people on the earth? Do you believe that you're a part of that? Do you believe that if you're not fully there, you're growing into it? I believe we need to have confidence in who has called us, in where we're seated, in what we are, and say, God is in charge of this vessel. He's in charge of this church. So, Timothy would, would tell that you may know how to behave yourself. So Jesus, here he's about to leave the earth, and he tells Peter, Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. He leaves the earth, and in Acts chapter 1, here they're all gathered together in an upper room waiting for power on high. And while they're waiting together, in their best efforts, now they, they didn't do this, I don't believe, for carnality, but in their best efforts, they think, you know what, there's only 11 of us here. Let's, let's elect another one. Let's have a vote. This is, this is a good thought. You know, we're missing one, there's 12. Let, let's elect, so... They, they have, they cast votes, and the votes falls on, on Matthias, and, and uh, maybe a good man and everything, but that wasn't God's choice. So it, it, it was before the Holy Ghost came into them, before the leader came into them, before the comforter came in, before the Spirit of God came into them. So it's, it's a lesson for us. It's not just our carnal thinking. And, and, and it, it's played out in the Bible in different places. When Samuel comes, led of God, go to the house of Jesse. There I've selected a king. And, and, and Samuel the prophet selects the biggest, tallest. Surely this is the one. And he says, no, that's not the one. And he passes down the line till he finds just the ruddy one. There's the short one. You know, just, just the one. Uh, you know, and, and ruddy means like red is, is what it actually means. So he finds the one that, that looks like John Perizok. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean that, Brother John. But, but I'm just saying, as an example, 
and, and, and God's choice is, is, is the best choice. And so we need to be led of the Spirit. Pardon me for that, Brother John. I didn't mean to take offense. Forgive me for that. So anyway, he, he, he goes on to say, and, 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 and it's God now. You know, it's not us in our thinking because our thinking, and if I can say this respectfully, even Brother Branham in his own thinking had thoughts about what he should do. And then he says, but then the Holy Spirit came. Then God came. So he was always looking for, for the Holy Spirit to lead. And I think we should be sensitive to that. We should, we should never just be so adamant it's going to be this way. There, there's parts of the message that when I came to it, I said, no, surely that's not that way. But you know what? As I, the, I fed on the Word and it opens to me, I go, that's the Lord. That's not my thinking. That's His thinking coming to me, making Himself real to me. And, and I, how many appreciate that? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not what I came in with. It's, it's what He's molding and shaping in me. I, and and I, I, I'm, I don't ever want to get too old or too, too, too rigid that I, I, I never allow Him to have the sway and, and, and the, be flexible and, and lead me and humble me and make me nothing. But Lord, You be everything. So He is the governor. He is the one that is, is, is leading us, and, 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 and he is the one that is, 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 is taking us into different places. Now, I, I want to now just take this a little bit on, on the thought, if I can, um, back in, in, uh, in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 9. So, Isaiah chapter 9 refers to he shall be called like the 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 his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace and and he says brother Branham would would say this as as he talks on this in the church age he says there he stands the lord of glory once as a father he was surrounded by the angels the archangels the cherubims, the seraphims, and the whole host of heaven, crying, holy, holy, is the Lord God of hosts. Such was his holiness that no man could approach him. But now we see him in the church, sharing his holiness, his own holiness with us, until we have become the very righteousness of God. Yes, there he stands, Jesus Perfect, everything, lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the fairest of 10,000, alpha and omega, the root and offspring of David, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the all in all. And he says, Christ, the perfect realization. Moses was a prophet of God. Jesus was like unto Moses, but he was the prophet of God. David, a man after God's own heart, was a king of Israel, but Jesus is the greater David, king of kings, Lord of lords, God, very God. Now David was born out of the tribe of Judah, no priest, but he ate of the showbread. He was the great warrior, overcoming the enemy, establishing the people. As king, he sat on the throne. He was a prophet. He was a wonderful type of Christ. So this is 
from which his govern his he is a governor, but from this he began to pour this into the church. So Isaiah says in verse six, "Unto us a child is born, a son is given," and then it uses these words: "The government shall be on his shoulder." Now. Let's, let's just take what, what Brother Branham would say, and then I'll, I'll just make some comments. So he says, now, notice this. Jesus, in the, in, the, in the Bible, he would say, no matter how great a disease, how great an affliction, the devil would put on him, and Jesus referred to it, he says, I, with the finger of God, cast out devils. Just with his finger. Look at, look at how great he is. So just with his finger, he can move it. My, my, my. Look at them big, strong shoulders and arms and muscles. But just his finger moves every disease and casts out devils. Oh, what a little thing the devil is. With the finger of, if I, with the finger of God, can do this. Now he says, now let me show you the love of God. He says, when a sheep was lost, he doesn't use his finger. He would take that sheep and he would lay him on his shoulders. And his shoulders, that was the strongest part of his body. On the shoulders, he had stability. On the shoulders, all the strength went down. And he would carry that sheep. He would know it was there. He could whisper to it. He could say things to it. That's the way the Lord takes us. That's the way he takes a lost sheep. He puts them on his shoulders. Oh, friends, this is wonderful to me. The strongest, most powerful part of the man is his shoulders and his back. And the problem as you get older, what was up there slips down here. But nonetheless, some of you are smiling. <laughs> and he says, now, here he is, all those muscles. Oh, what a beautiful thing. He says, one little finger gets rid of the devil. But a lost sheep, the strongest part of the man is in his back and his shoulders. I think that's, that's marvelous. I think that's wonderful. He is the head. Over the body. Now, as, as we go into chapter 7, he said, Now, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So now it's, it's the government shall be on his shoulder. Now, Brother Branham would, would say that. Where is this government going to be on earth? Upon, his shoulder, upon the shoulders, his body. Now listen to this. The government shall is upon his shoulders. That's a part of the body. Now Christ is in heaven. He is ruling and he wants to do something. And, and his head is there. His mind is there. If we're all connected, his government is established on his shoulders, which is his body. On earth, you and me, we are his shoulders on earth. He says now, he, say, he, would, he would, would say it this way. Where is the government on earth today? In his body. What is the government going to be upon? His shoulders. That's a part of the body. What is it? Earthly strength. God's earthly strength is his word made flesh in this body here on earth, bringing it to pass. 
Oh my, when, 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 when Satan came to accuse Job uh, before God, and, and God would brag on Job, do you see my servant Job? How do you know what, what's being said, the conversations that are being said about you? Have you seen what I've done with my servant, with, with brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so? Have you seen where I brought brother Marshall from? Have you seen where I've done with brother Ben? Have you seen what I've done with some of these young sisters? That's God. It's, it's, up, it's a conversation in heaven. So there's, there's a war in a dimension we can't see, but we are acting out part of the world and quite often, maybe we dwell on the negative part of it, you know, what we see in, 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 in the people, in the form of manifestations, be it, you know, earrings and, and, and bodily things and, and spirits that are on people. Well, that's a part of the government of Satan. But what about the government of God? It's here on earth today. And he says, the, here he is. The, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Though we once esteemed Him not, now we love Him with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In the midst of the church He stands. We will sing His praise, for He is the mighty conqueror, head over the church, which is His bride. He bought that bride. He owns her. She is His and His alone. And He cares for her. He is our king, and we are his kingdom. Oh, that is his eternal possession. There's a whole part of this I'm not getting into today, but it's out of the Song of Solomon, and, and we'll leave it for some other time. But the government that is upon his shoulder. Let's just, just go for a moment. I want, I, want to I want to just share this for a moment, and this is um, Mark 16. You don't have to turn to it. But when it, the commission was given to go in all the world and preach the gospel, he that believeth is, shall be saved. These signs shall follow them. In my name they cast out devils. I'll speak with a new tongue. They'll, they'll take up serpents, deadly things. Now he said, there is not a man, there is no one else that can produce that outside of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit used to be the leader in this nation. But we've corrupted that. Politics, we voted men in. It's corrupted in the church. And he says, how can we have these things without the leadership of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to take a little turn here. Go with me to Revelations chapter 12. I'm, I'm I just laid down a few principles, but I, I want to take this now and, and, and just show a little bit of what we're facing. Because I, I'll, I'll be honest, friends, I don't know if it's you and it's me, but I feel like the battle is escalating. I, I, I'll, I'll come and the enemy will, uh, on a Monday, and you'll just be attacked, literally, and sleep at night. And, and I go, he's not happy. And, I, I, and I'll just say this, it's, it's not just me, it's, I believe, others. But we need to recognize who we're fighting against. I, I've, I've shared this, this quote with a, a few of the brothers and it is, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to me. And Brother Bannon would say, have you ever studied the history of revival? Every time God moves, Satan is there to move also. And he said, in the great days of the great Welsh revival, 
the insane asylums filled up quickly. Now, this, this is the battle that we're on. It's a battle like never before. And, 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 and it'll never be a, you'll never win this battle by learning the message. You'll never do it by just showing up at church. But it will have to be a complete surrender to God. It'll have to be a release of your own thinking and your own mind and allow the mind of God to come into you and allow Him to do the fighting for you. It will not be us in our strength, but it will be Him through us. And so he says that in Wesley's day, the people would do the most peculiar things that were definitely of Satan to mock the goodness and power of God. In Luther's day, the miracle was not that he protested the Catholic Church, but that he could stay sound and sane amidst the fanatics that were often filled with and guided by wrong spirits. And I will say, we are not immune. And I say, and let me, let me finish this because, Brother John, I know you shared this after we talked about it. If you're aware of this last day ministry, you will note the same invasion of false and wicked spirits. It has to be that way. Now listen to this, this last sentence. Now I hope and trust you are spiritual minded enough to get that and to capitalize on it. So it's not just going to be a superficial understanding. And, and it's not that you're going to try to be super spiritual either. But Lord, I know nothing as I need to know, but I cast all my cares on you. I put all my trust in you. And Lord, it is you in me that will win the victory. I, I, I want to read, there, there's, a, there's, a, there, there's a part here as I'm just going into this that I just want to pick up, and maybe it's, it's here. I, I, I missed it. But, but, oh, if I could just... Here, listen just to how Brother Brandon put it. It's so simple. This is the adoption part two. When we're in Christ, we have spiritual blessings. Outside of Christ, we have sensations. <coughs> in Christ, we have positive blessings. Not make-beliefs, not shams, not put-ons. But as long as you're trying to say you're in the promised land and you're not, your sins will find you out. The first thing you know You'll find yourself phony and, and, as we call in the world, gommed up. You'll find we haven't got what you're talking about. But in Christ Jesus, he promised you heavenly peace, heavenly blessings, heavenly spirit. Everything is yours. And it's simple. You, you don't have to, to do anything uh, real, real spiritual, you know, but you just have to simply love him, trust him, walk with him. And, and, and he'll take care of a lot of things for us. Now, let's go to Revelations 12. <clears throat> Trust I'm not going to throw too much in this whole thought. But Revelations 12, and this is in, in verse 1. Now there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed under the sun, <coughs> and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being in pain, or oh, sorry, 
and she being with child cried, travailing in Perth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns with his heads. Now, this guy's been identified. This is, this is another wonder. This is the devil. This, this is what, and, and now this is symbolic, and it says, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. What was his goal? It was to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, Brother Bam would go and say, that was Christ. He was after that. Now, he'll, he'll, he'll say different things about the woman. He'll, he'll say, it's the church, it's this, but he comes down to the end and he says, it's actually Israel, and, and he shares it, and I'm not going to get fully into it, but the point I'm getting to is, he was after Christ. And she brought forth a man-child which was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So he's after Christ. Christ was caught up, but there's a church on earth. Now drop down to um, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and against his angels. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So the battle that was in heaven now became a battle that was on earth. And, and Brother Branham says it this way in the greatest battle ever fought. He says... We've got to be dressed for fighting. We've got to be trained for fighting. I believe the greatest battle that whatever fought is now ready to go into action. Brother Branham would say it nicely. You've not been called to a picnic. Now, does that mean we'll never have a church picnic? No, it doesn't. We'll have a church picnic once in a while. But many times we come to church and we think, oh, I come to church, I made it. But did you know the battle that you're fighting, is, it needs to be continued. You need to be engaged. You need to be a part of it. You know the devil, he, you know, he'll, he'll go along all week. I, I've watched the weather quite often. We'll have perfect weather in the winter, and on Wednesday we'll get a snowstorm. Who does that? It's not the weatherman. It's the prince of the power of the air. Everything's going along well, and you come to church, and this blows up, and that does this, and that does this, and, and, and somebody has a feeling, and cross words, and, 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 you know, and you know things aren't right. You know, when things like that happen, I say, you know what? Something's coming from God. I'm not going to let this deter me. I'm not going to turn around and go home. I, I'm going to come to church because I believe God has something for me. You know, the devil watches us more than we watch him sometimes. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our tendencies. He also watches how God puts his favor on you. And he wonders, he doesn't know who's seed, he doesn't know who's elect, but he watches that God blesses you with something. He goes, I gotta get after that guy. God's got something for that person. Ah, that's the devil. He watches us. And he knows our weaknesses. And listen, it's not just a one-time thing. He spends years setting us up for something. But I'll say this, trust in the living God. Understand that and watch the tactics of the enemy. 
I, I think we need to go on the offensive. I said this at the beginning of the year. I'm saying it again. I'm not waiting for him to take shots at me. I'm not waiting for, to walk in the middle of the street and some sniper hit me with things. No, I'm going to be on the offensive. I'm going to watch situations. Hey, when I come to church and there's, you know, there's crosswords in the car, and then you walk in and you come to the deacon, hey, how are you doing? Listen, the devil's not defeated by that. Just before you come out of the car, listen, this didn't work out well, but I believe God's in this. Let's lay it down. Let's come to church. Hey, oh, sorry, this doesn't apply. But in case somebody's listening in on the tape and it applies to them. But if it doesn't apply here, that's fine. Listen, I know enough. I'm, I, I'll just say, I said it here for a reason. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't, don't think for a moment. Something happens, whatever. Just, just outside of church or sometimes here or on the way. It's the enemy, friends. Ah. Uh, you just have a good service, watch for the enemy, the enemy to come. Did I say the, I'm not going to say it. Watch for him to come. Because it says, as the word is sown, he'll come after. And he'll just try and take that out of your heart. He'll natural, he'll get you to think, oh, that's Brother Ed. You know, we, we'll have a visiting minister come. Brother Ed's probably spoke to him. Where did all this come from? You know, this is, this is amazing. Sorry, I'll just digress for a minute. This is amazing to me. Years before we ever came to the message, he caused us to be suspicious of the message. Now, I don't know. That's kind of a little weird, you know. Now that you're in the message, he uses the message against you. <laughs> hey, you say you're a believer? You're not performing up to this. Hey, you're the same guy that lied to me before I ever came here. Why should I trust you now? He's an enemy. I, I'm saying this for a reason. Because he, he works on our mind. My goodness. Okay, let's just... And now, he prevailed not. Okay, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought us. And he prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceived the whole earth. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast with him. So he's, he's brought down to the earth into the Garden of Eden... And as he's brought to the Garden of Eden, hey, this is where Adam is the God of the earth. And Satan watches God's creation. And, and he watches God creating, and he watches, do you know what? He still can't create. <laughs> he can't create. And all Satan's power is, all he can do is try to cohabitate or find a vessel, like Brother Max was speaking. You know, God's looking for a vessel in the con, but so is the devil. And if he can find a vessel and just find that weak spot, if he could just, he, out of all of the planets in the solar system, it was the earth that he came to. The habitable, habitable, habitable place for man. And when man fell, the earth fell. Listen, all the other planets didn't fall. But the earth, because it's one of God's attributes, the earth fell. And man's dominion over the earth fell. God didn't curse Adam. He said, cursed be the earth. And, and you won't be able to speak it like you used to. You won't be able to say it like you used to. But in the sweat of your frau, uh, fra did I say the sweat of your frau? Sorry. In the sweat of your brow. That's the German version. In the, <laughs> the, listen, in the sweat of your brow, you'll, you'll work with it. 
But it's not going to stay like that, friends. Why? Because Christ, through the flood, has already justified the earth. Through his blood, he sanctified the earth. And he's going to give a holy fire. And we are going to walk on our earth again. And the devil has nothing coming to him. Oh, I'm so glad. The title deed is coming back in the hands of man. The devil has no part of it. I think we need to exercise our authority again. God has given us authority again. This is my dominion. This is my place. Let's walk in it. Now, as he goes on to say in greatest battle, God selecting soldiers. The first battle ever fought was in heaven. Michael and his angels against Lucifer. It didn't, sin did not originate on earth, it originated in heaven. Now listen to this. When he was thrown down from heaven, cast into heaven, to the earth, that battle fell on human beings. Oh, it fell on Adam and Eve. You know, Satan, he watched. The Bible would say, I think Brother Branham would say it actually, in, I think it's serpent seed or Satan's Eden, I'm not sure which one. But he said, God had stopped creating. And then, after many years, Eve came forth. And the devil watched that. And he looked for an irregularity. And he tried to come into that. You know, that, that, he's such a slicker. He watches. Oh, is he? Isn't he? He's the same one who, he doesn't know who we are. He can, he'll never be able to create but God's giving this back to man to, to speak. It's already been manifest in this age in, in a minor form, in, in the form of squirrels, in, in the form of taking control over nature, in the form of redeeming a lost loved one. It's been put back in the hands of man. And it will not be used in a great way, but it's already in our hands. All we need is the character wherewith we can handle it and speak it and use it rightly. God help us not to succumb under all that we're going through, but he's forming something in us. You know, it was Jesus. Listen, I'm bringing the heavenly realm into this, but it was Jesus, and I have it in in, in my notes here, but it was in, in Matthew chapter, no, sorry, it was in Luke chapter 22, but he would say, uh, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And the Bible said at that moment, when he spoke that, when he was committed to the will of God, because later, and you find it in Matthew 27, here he was, and, and they're, they're ready to kill him, and he says, you have no power at all. Don't you know that right now I could call legions of angels? Look, at there was an affinity between the Son of God and the heavenly realm. There's an affinity between the bride and the angelic forces that are around us. But here as Jesus is saying, no, I'm submitting myself to the will of God. And the Bible says at the next moment, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Not to deliver him, because the time of deliverance was not yet, but to strengthen him for the task that he was going through. Have you ever thought about the saints in the dark ages? When, when they were going through, they didn't think they could go and, and under that ox anointing. But can you imagine the angels that were there? 
that were standing by their side? Can you imagine the anointing that was upon them? And then God put it over on Luther, and he, and he allowed that man anointing on Luther and Wesley and Pentecost, but now he's flipped it to an eagle anointing, and it's on a many-membered body. Oh, what causes you to stand with the Word? It is the anointing, the angelic forces of God. Oh, just let's, let's walk in that. Listen, while I'm here, Brother Dan, can you go to the book of Daniel, please? <laughs> Brother Daniel, I could have said, is his proper word. Brother Dan and I are cousins, and our grandfather's name was Daniel. And, and that's a good name, isn't it? There's somebody, one guy back there nodding. Daniel, let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Uh, I, I'm here, I, I just, I just want to... I want to just take this now for a moment. I could take Ephesians chapter 6, you know, and I could, could just, as, as you're there, Brother Dan, but in Ephesians 6 it says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may wrestle against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, the devil wants to reduce our battle to little differences between us. Oh, I don't like the way, you know what, let's, let's, let's. I'm going to say it right now. You're going to have to put up with those little differences till the rapture comes. We're never going to be perfect in our flesh. You know, but as long as you can see that we're trying and we're moving, listen, let's walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, not in the carnality. Hey, I, I, whether you like it or not, you do things that are, you know, off to people. I do things. Hey, it happens in a home and in a marriage. It happens every. But you know what? God give us grace to see more than that. And he says now, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I don't have time to go into this message fully tonight, but I'll tell you there's an organized system in, in the kingdom of darkness. There are rulers over a certain place. There was spirits hanging over Edmonton. So when the prophet comes and he would actually rebuke the, the believers in Edmonton and, and he'd say, you know, don't be so starchy. Don't, you know, and I, listen, I don't believe that we need to rebuke the church, the believers that have accepted the word. I don't believe we're starchy, but we got to be careful we don't fall into that. And you know what? It's a different spirit in a different place. You go to the West Coast and it's more of a free spirit and it's a loosey-goosey type spirit. That's not, and, and it's also a spirit of, yeah, you know, this is the place to be. Well, that's the battle of the believers there. You go to England, it's different. You go to Germany, it's different. You go to every place, it's different. But there's principalities. Listen, we, we got to recognize that as the enemy's there, but if I can point this out, there came one in this generation. And he was endowed with something. And under God's plan, it was going to be the seventh messenger. And he wasn't just going to be a messenger, but he was going to be a dispensational messenger. He was going to turn the hearts of the children. So he would come with a ministry of John the Baptist. He would come with signs and he would come with Elijah. He would come with signs and wonders. And he would come also with a word and a message. And he would come and he would show it. And he'd come in a service. And he would speak in the service. And he would look into that dimension more than any other minister. No one was called to this except him. And he would say, 
There's a dark shadow hanging over so-and-so. Oh, that spirit's calling for help. It's calling over there. There's a dark streak between the two. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Could you imagine those two spirits sitting together? And the one's blaming the other one. Why did you call for help? I could have still been there. (laughs) Hey, when God comes, it's all done with. Yeah. (laughs) You watch it. You might not recognize it, but you'll find a little weakness. If you're not careful, you'll look for somebody else in the church that has the same weakness that will sympathize with you. Be careful what spirit's motivating you. Yeah. This became very real to me in the Bible when I saw, you know, hey, Pilate and Herod were like the conservatives and the liberals. Could you imagine those two guys getting together? No, that'll never happen. But that day that the word came in their midst, the Bible says they became friends that day. They were united against the word. The same thing happens. When the word comes, the enemy unites together against us. People that have left the message. Hey, there was a movement started, believe the sign, up in Vancouver. There's a movement that started down in in Jeffersonville. The two were as opposite as could be. But the day one movement announced they were turning against the message, the other guy came up with an announcement, let's pray for our brothers over there. They didn't know each other before that. Listen, friends, this is not just a makeup. This is a spiritual realm. Sorry, Daniel chapter 10. (coughs) In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true. The time appointed was long. He understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. So something came to him. And so in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself till all three whole weeks were filled. Now, in verses 4 to 6, he sees a man clothed in linen. He sees all the features of this man. And it was so numbing to him in verse 7. He saw the vision, but those that were around him fled for fear. And you go into verse 8. He said, I was there. And it's so, I was left with no strength. I was on my face. I was on the ground. In verse 11 it says, And this man said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he spoke this word to me, I stood trembling. Now this is amazing to me. I found myself praying this the other day. And I said, Lord, I've been praying for this. But I remember Daniel. And Lord, maybe you're working right now. So I'm going to start thanking you right now. Because I'm coming with an honest heart. And I'm asking you for this situation, for your kingdom, and for your glory, and for this person, and for this situation. And I don't see any results yet, but Lord, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to keep my face to you. Because I believe you're working behind the scene. I may not see it with my eyes, but I believe you, Lord. You're the God of Daniel. I believe that you're moving, and I'll praise you, and I'll thank you. And I'm, I'm keeping my prayer before you. And he says... Fear not, Daniel, from the first day 
Why? The day that you set your heart to understand and to change. That day, he says, your words were heard. Now, now I want you to look what's put in the hands of man. Here's a spiritual realm. There's a, there's a kingdom. There's a prince. So there's a king. This was actually, I think, the third kingdom that Daniel lived through in Babylon. He lived through four kingdoms. But this was Cyrus, a king. And actually, Cyrus was spoken of a uh, hundred years before in the book of Isaiah. It's, it's amazing to me how this king was prophesied. And this king was actually, there was some good about him, but this kingdom. And, and he says now, and he says, from the day you chastened yourself, your words were heard. And now I love this next part. I am come for your words. Oh, your prayers. Brother Ed Schmidtke, I'm, he's coming for your prayers. Sister Susan, he's coming for your prayers. Brother Ben, he's coming for your prayers. Brother Ray, he's coming for your prayers. He's heard your words. If you can put your words and stand there and keep standing. Why? We are his church. We are the government that he works through. Now there's a battle going on we don't see. But don't let it deter you. And he says, I'm come for your words. But as I was on my way, this prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. All those days you were fasting. I was making my way. I was fighting through demons. I was going through things. Friends, just because you hit a down spell and you don't feel God, don't stop being faithful. Keep thanking Him. Keep praising Him. Don't Come to church. Do the same things. Read your Bible. Pray. Do all of those things. God is faithful. And he says, now, they, as I was fighting through these things, I want you to catch this. And I, I love this. And my father-in-law, is actually his real name is Michael. But his sisters named him what he named him, but he says, now Michael, and Michael is Christ. Now, in this, in this battle, he says, as this 21 days, I was battling, but in this battle, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Now, there was an angel who was coming for him, but he needed a higher power. And it was going to be Christ, Michael, that was going to come on the scene and help him. Friends, in this last day, Michael has stood on the scene again. He is behind the church of this last day. The, the battle that's being waged, it's not God leaving us to our own defenses. It's happening, but he's depending. What's happening up there is depending what you're saying down here. It's your words down here. Why? We are his government. We are his kingdom. And we need to recognize how he works. Why? He's working through the shoulders. Friends, there, there might be foolish virgin that are going to make it. But there's a bride standing right now that God is depending on. There's a bride that's holding back the wrath of God. There's a bride on earth that when they say their prayers, it's not just saying it, but it's praying it. With the depth of their heart. And he says... Now, at that time, it was just so that God could get a revelation of what's going to happen in the latter days. Now, 
I need to just drop down a little bit further. And he, again, he didn't have no strength. Verse 18. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and strengthened me and said, O oh man, greatly beloved. And he said, O oh man, greatly beloved. He says, fear not. Peace be unto you. Be strong. Be strong. And when he spoke unto me, I was strengthened. Angels strengthened the Lord Jesus as he committed himself to his path. Friends, we are not called to what the rest of the church world is called to. We are called to serve Jesus Christ. And you stay in that channel, and there's an angel that will strengthen you. And he said, and when he spoke unto me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. As Job would say of old, oh, that I might find him, that I might come to his throne, for I know him. He would put his strength in me. Friends, the enemy will come and tell you, and he'll throw all kinds of things at you and say, you're not this and you're not that. You're... He knows that if you ever get to this place, that he can't stop that. Why? There's nothing of such prevailing power as revelation. There is nothing greater than a man taking God at his word. And, and you take God at his word, God will stand for that. And he says, now look at this. Verse 20, he said, Knowest thou wherefore I come to thee? Now he says, I came for you, but I've got to return to fight with the prince of Persia. Because when I'm gone forth, the prince of Grecia will come. Oh, my goodness. Friends, it wasn't enough that we had to fight with what we came out of in Pentecost. But there was now another rider starting to come. And we're not going to overcome him just by what was back there. We have to overcome him with the anointing and the revelation of this last day. You can say, well, I just believe in the Spirit of God. Well, I believe in the Spirit of God with all my heart. But the Spirit of God is not just something that I feel in my flesh, not something that I come, but it comes right down to my soul as well. And it comes to anoint the Word and make the Word real to me. And it makes me believe what, what a prophet told us about Satan and his tactics in the Garden of Eden and his tactics at the end and how he gets and he tries to infiltrate. And he is. He's trying to do everything he can. And he says, verse 21, I will show you what is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that, that I have a chief captain who's assigned to our case. I, I'm, I believe that a mighty angel came down. I believe there's a covenant on his head, and he's standing for us now. Listen, I, I, I got I to move on a little bit further, but let me just take these last thoughts as we close. Back to Matthew 16, just for a moment. And this is, this is where Peter, when Jesus is talking to him, and he says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now we're talking about the government that is on his shoulder. How is he going to do it? 
It's not going to be on the shifting sands of man. It's not just on words that are coming to our head, but they are embodied in our heart. I know in whom I have believed. And he says these words, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, they're against it. I'll tell you, they're against us like never before. But there's a revelation. Listen, I'll just read a a few quotes to close. Just just bear with me as I wind down. Now, he says in in a message, fundamental foundation for faith. faith. Now, since man has been restored, because in the fall, he lost consciousness of what the Father put him on earth to do. In other words, all the plumbing in our brain and the outlets. I was today, I was just meeting somebody and uh, she was a therapist and she was just talking about the government of Alberta and, you know, how, you know, it seems like the thing that they're coming and they're putting this legislation, not allowing kids. And she said, you know, I went to medical school. Did you know that a child, their brain is not even fully formed at the age of 18? They said it actually is up to age 25. Sorry about that, everybody here. Up to age 25, before it's fully formed. Now, I don't, I don't get it. Like, people want to have these changes made, and they think, and, and, and the mu- number of people that have stood up saying, I applaud the government because I have huge regret, regret over what's happened in our child's life. Friends, the... the the whole kingdom is twisted. These are spirits. And they're affecting people. And don't think we're immune to them. You just become a little sympathetic, a little something. No, don't, don't, don't do that. Stay with God. Stay with the right thing. Listen, so here he says, our, our brain and outlets have been clogged with business affairs, home life, till we can't operate through the channels that God has made man for. He does, if he's designed a man's body, he's certainly designed the body of a son, the church. And he's designed us to come together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our coming together is not that we all, you know, cheer for the same hockey team. It's not that we all just live in the same neighborhood because we don't. But our gathering is around Christ, the Word, and the part of us that's in in, in you and in him and in everyone, that's what's brought us together. And he says, how do we get into this body? By one spirit, we come into this body. Let me, let me take just, just this part as I wind down here. Brother Branham would, would make these statements. And he would say this. It is the revelation of God that will give you authority over the devil. And he says, it's simple. There is nothing of such prevailing power as the revelation of the Word. Oh, how we need revelation by the Spirit. We do not need a new Bible, a new translation, but we need revelation of the Spirit. And he said, may God begin by His Spirit to give us continuous life-giving and prevailing revelation. You know, the one thing I find is as you get challenged, as you get buffeted, it causes you to dig in the Word. 
because by nature we're slothful. But when something comes, and then you're in the Word, it's just like the other day, I'm just reading this, and, and all of a sudden, Brother Branham just says it, he says, about these device, devicosity. I go, like, I've never seen that before. But he knew it would be here, devices. And he says, now, and, I, and I'm saying this, friends, just that God would make the Word more real to us. That when I pick up this Bible and I read it, that I'm not just skimming it, but Lord, I'm in here. My promises are in here. My, my future is in here. My presence in here. Oh God, make that more real to me. Make those promises more real to me. Is that your desire? As I, as I finish with this, he said, if revelation is beyond you, look up and seek God for it. If revelation comes for God, it doesn't come by human natural endowments, but by spiritual. You can memorize the Scripture, and that's wonderful, but that won't do it. It's a revelation of God that we need. Amen? Let's have the musicians come. And he said, the Word needs to be quickened. He says, Revelations 5.21, we are the very righteousness of God Himself. It says Jesus became sin for us. Didn't say that He became sinful. But He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now He says to reject one is to reject the other. How many believe Jesus died for them? How many believe He died, not, not as we heard in the tape here the other day, that we would be a halfway Christian, but that we'd become the righteousness of God? That's harder to lift your hands for that but if the first is true, the second is true. And he said to reject one is to reject the other. He said the revelation of it is missing. He said to the majority of God's children, it's just a good verse in the Bible. But what we need is to make it live to us. That will take revelation. Let's stand together. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, the Word is working mightily in me. We can sing that. You might not see it sometimes, but it's happening. I'll tell you what, just, just go and watch something that's not edifying, and you're, you're set back a long ways. But now twist that and just, maybe I don't have to listen to an in-depth sermon, but just listen to a good song and something comes, all of a sudden you're lifted up and you're further along than you would have been if you would have reverted to I go fishing or whatever. And that's not sinful necessarily. Oh, the Word is working mightily in me. The Word is working mightily in me. The Word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstance or what I feel or 